Hello and welcome back to Ask the Teacher ABC. We are so sorry it's been a minute since we have uh, reached out to you all. We have been planning uh, baby showers, as you probably know, and we have just been traveling and we are so sorry, but we are here back today and we hope everyone is doing well. Anna is not with me today, but I do have an amazing, wonderful person that I would like you to meet and to interview, and her name is Sylvia. So Sylvia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that we will be doing this podcast today on like social emotional. We know we've done one on the past, but this is, gives it a little bit of a spin. And Sylvia is actually a counselor that works here in Arizona. So I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself to you. Go ahead, Sylvia. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for the warm welcome. And hello to you out there, uh, the listeners. Uh, my name is Sylvia. I work as a school counselor at a K-8 school in Glendale, Arizona. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, um, originally I started off in the criminal justice field and I worked uh, for the sheriff's office for a number of years. I um, also worked um, classifying um, inmates uh, and I have dabbled in the court system, working as a paralegal. Um, and so later on in life, I decided that I definitely wanted to work with uh, uh, our young people. And more uh, importantly, I wanted to be able to work with um, high needs or high at risk uh, population um, youth because I felt that I could serve that particular group and make an impact. So I have a number of years um, teaching and at the public school starting from anywhere from first grade all the way up to seventh grade. Back when I was working to get my counseling, master's in counseling, I had to have three years of experience in the classroom. So that's why I had like an emergency certification and education. And I am just so happy that now I have the pleasure of serving our youth at uh, the school guidance counseling level. Mm, yeah. So you've had a like a really vast uh, career, you know, over the time. And I'm sure that all of those experiences has brought you, you know, to where you are right now. So my question is like, what, what, if you had to tell parents and teachers, like if you had to like tell them some, give them some tips or some tricks or, you know, spread your knowledge in what you really think is passionate in your field, what could you little speak a little bit about that? What would that be? Yes. Well, uh, the population of students that I work with um, are generational poverty families. And that means it's probably going to take at least four to five generations for a family to get out of poverty. Um, situational poverty is different. Um, because it could be, you know, the loss of a, of a job 
um, where they have to go live with family or close friends. Um, um, maybe a spouse, you know, loses their ability to work. So they're down to one income there. Um, if they're in a situation like a domestic relationship. Um, so generational poverty is like generation after generation. It takes so much effort and work to get out of that. We all understand that trauma and poverty go hand in hand. So when students come from generational poverty, they also come with trauma. And that's just one trauma that they've experienced. However, we know in the community of poverty are so many layers of traumatic events that occur that their brain has um, not fully developed at their age as a typical brain of a student their same age that does not come from generational poverty. Oh. There are, their brain is somewhat delayed because of the traumatic events and experiences that they've been exposed to. Oh my gosh. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. And I know that I'm taking a long time to answer this question. No, go ahead. So, mm-hmm. My point is that oftentimes students, people, children need a trusted adult in order to speak with. Even if their concern is not fixable, they still want to be heard. They still want to be validated. They still want to feel safe and they want to feel that they can speak freely and that that person, that trusted adult, will um, still welcome them uh-huh. without any judgment. Uh-huh. And so oftentimes, you know, parents may or may not be emotionally available. They may have three jobs. Um, and a lot of times these kids don't have someone that they can just come to and, you know, this is what's on my mind. It could be something overwhelming. It could be something extremely challenging. Or it could be, guess what? I raised my hand today in class and I got the answer correct. And I just want to tell somebody because I'm so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, I think that, you know, just allow for space, allow um for the student or, you know, child or adolescent to speak freely, I would definitely honor that. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that basically, um, you know, there's a big value in, in teaching people, parents and teachers alike, to take moments to listen, be a, be a person in that child's life where you're listening to them. And to make them feel safe. I mean, it sounds like there's a so there's a dynamic that takes place when you're listening, and you might not even realize the value in what you're doing. Exactly, because I understand that teachers, you know, they wear so many hats, and you can't sit down 
for 30 minutes and have this full-blown discussion. However, two minutes in passing when you're, you know, transitioning over to different classes, when you're walking to lunch or back from, you know, lunch, just a quick little two-minute conversation could could really um, validate them and who they are and empower the student, especially with, like I said, students that are at risk um, because their brains are in high anxiety mode due to trauma. So it's, it's you know, the flight or fright. Um, but just having that, that trust, if you will, um, it's going to take time because people that have experienced trauma are not easy to, um, ha- you know, build relationships that are built upon trust. But just showing that, yeah, I do have a couple of minutes and I do want to listen to you and I do want to validate you. That means a lot. Oh, wow. Wow. So what like what would you can use like set up a scenario like for a teacher? Like how do you relay this information to your teachers? Like is that like um, high on the list? Is that like a, something that you guys are really proactive doing at your school or, you know? Yeah, we are proactive in validating a student's feelings. Uh-huh. Um, for example, if a student starts acting out in the classroom, we actually have our teachers try at least two strategies before they ask the student to go to detention. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So one strategy could be I understand right now that you're frustrated because you did not turn your homework in and now you feel like you're behind in your schoolwork. I invite you to our calm space so that you can reflect and understand that you're probably going to get your homework done in the future and this is just temporary so Um, i invite you to to go to the calm space this isn't something that's penal or a punishment this is something to help students regulate their emotions uh that they're not as frustrated as they were and they're open for learning so when they're in this the calm corner they can color, they can write a letter to themselves or to somebody else. They can manipulate um, a sensory item. They can put their head down. They can count br- breath work, um, say your ABCs quietly, whatever it takes, just a couple of minutes, and then they're back. So do they, I, I love this actually. I love that you um, are teaching the teachers because I think the old way is, hey, you sit down and be quiet. Yeah. You know? yeah, and it's like a negative thing, and it just compiles on the trauma that has already been exhibited mm-hmm. in the child's life. But um, it seems like if you understand the brain and mm-hmm. what happens in correlation of not only um, the trauma but the poverty married together, when you understand that that duality, it helps you as an educator be able to resolve and calm, and even in essence, building those relationships. Yeah. Uh, you and I were talking the other day about how 
You know, if you don't try something in the classroom, some things are worth trying in the classroom. I mean, I'm sure there's some extremes yeah. that you would def- def- definitely about- want their child well, to leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But having the child in the classroom means that, A, I'm purposefully building a relationship with the student. And we know it takes time out of the day, but the rewards, I think, are just, uh, um, uh, there's a plethora of rewards if you actually take time to build a relationship with that Mm -hmm. student. And that student understands at the end of the day, wow, that teacher really cares about me. That teacher didn't match my behavior frustrated and angry at me and tell me to get out and embarrass me they actually invited me they actually validated my feelings Mm -hmm. and they invited me to stay inside the class and just take some time to myself so that I could regulate my emotions wow so that really sounds like a win-win because really when we when you kick a student out all they want to do is be back in the classroom Exactly. And they might not know how to make that happen, right? Right. So um, how could you, how do you give um, the students choices on what they can do? Like, do you set this up ahead of time or how does that work? So at the school where I work, it's uh, considered a tight, which means it isn't negotiable. Uh Um, All uh, classrooms will have a calm down um, area. And depending on the grade, um, you can set it up to, you know, different activities. Some of the teachers have, you know, small containers of Play-Doh, and that might be for the for the littles just to, you know, um, when they're manipulating that, they're also um, focusing on that, distracting from that um kind of dysregulated feeling that they were having. Oh, wow. Um, some of the older teachers might have um, paper stationery. Um, students could be grieving the loss of their parent and become dysregulated. So, you know, write a note to your parent if you want. Uh, um, wow. Some of the teachers even have um, headsets. So they could, you know, they have an iPad and they have it wired to like um, maybe some classical music. It just depends. Like nothing's off the table. And the important thing is, is you need to let the students know this is not punishment. Uh You also need to have the class look at this and model it many times on how to use the products that are um, contained at the calm corner because you don't want them to turn into toys and start throwing balls of play-doh at your buddies <laughs> so well, this is your time you know identify your emotions you can have an emotions chart up there i'm feeling frustrated and angry and sad all at the same time wow yeah so how do you um show like an emotion like is it a is it a thumbs up thumbs down is it actually the names of the emotions oh yeah is it the faces that match that emotion yeah it's like a huge i have this huge emoji type poster (laughs) and each emotion with the face with the facial expression um is on that poster oh Um, you can get those anywhere online you know 
Wow. Um, and some people, you know, you could even have um, faces of students. I have a, a bunch of cards that have actual photos, you know, of of kids. And, you know, oh, you know, happy and smiling. Oh, you know, that one's happy. And then tears streaming down, you know. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, wow. it just depends on how you want to display that. And, again, teaching your student, you know, if you... It, it's really good to identify your emotion. Uh -huh. That's where it starts. That's when you can start. Okay, I'm feeling sad right now. Okay, where's the sadness coming from? Oh. And, you know, it's a whole thing. And I don't want to get too involved. Uh -huh. but a quick fix when a student becomes dysregulated, have them sit at the calm corner two to five minutes with an activity it's already been modeled they know exactly what to do they know what will work for them mm, yes. yeah right no harm no foul let's just move on exactly yeah because their frontal lobe becomes so dysregulated um uh there's oh what's her name Rhonda Somers. she says she calls it lizard brain what yeah, it's called lizard brain. It's I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And that frontal lobe, because it isn't fully developed, yeah, it's going to want and it's going to want and it's going to want. And if it doesn't get what it wants, it's going to act out. Yes. And we have to remember that the student, the behavior is undesirable because of the immature frontal lobe compounded with trauma. Is uh, that's the behavior that you're seeing? Wow! So to, what do we call it? Q-tip, Q-T-I-P. Quit taking it personally. Oh my gosh! Wait, what? You have to repeat that again. So Please. when we when we see the lizard brain, right? Right, 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 and, right. Um. And I don't like you, and you I want this. Teacher, and, and I don't want to listen to this lecture anymore, and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Remember, that's the lizard brain talking. Mm -hmm. You know, immature frontal lobe isn't developed. Right, right. Counted with trauma. And we, as the adults, need to view that behavior as such. The student isn't attacking me. It's the trauma. It's the immature frontal lobe. And I need to quit taking things personally. Q, quit, T, taking, I, it, P, personally. Q-tip. Wow. I love that. I learned so much because so many, I had teachers today complain about um their students and how oh they don't like me and oh they think I'm mean it's like this is not even about you this has nothing to do with you this is about them and what they need right yeah and if you take it personally to me that's like the worst step that a teacher can make yeah when you're teaching kids and when you take it personally, it's, and believe me, you have to practice this mm -hmm. and you have to remember, you know, we're all human and sometimes things that come, 
come out of the, the students' mouths are hurtful. Right, right. And you can be hurt, but you're not going to take it personally. Mm-hmm. And once you start taking things personally, that's when you open the door to a power struggle with a child. And there's no going back after that. We yeah. know time and time again what happens. And a lot of times it's the kid that ends up winning. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Here's yeah. an adult and a power struggle with a child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's over before it even started. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, this is such a wonderful information. And I think that, um, you know, I learned so much today. I learned so much in in this a short time was extremely powerful. And... Um, I t- my my charge for tomorrow is to talk to some of those teachers that had taken things personally about their students to help them move forward in a way that empowers everybody, right? Um, even like with the calming spaces, you know, some people might say, oh, here we go again, coddling children, but that's not what it is. It's like, that was an old way that people used to think that we would actually listen to children, right? But we we know that now. We're a smarter society. We know that um, children need to be heard. They need to yeah. be valued. And ultimately, they will be our future, right? right. So we need to create uh, children that are emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and anyway. With that said, what's wrong with coddling? Mm-hmm. Our at-risk students need to be coddled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had read something the other day where uh, they said, don't hold your baby. You know, you spoil your baby if you hold your baby too much. It's like, that's an old way of thinking. You know, I know that a lot of elderly senior citizens probably say things like that. Do you know what I mean? And myself but it's like, being a senior citizen, you can take it from me. You can never hold a baby too much. Yeah. Hold your babies. Listen to your babies. Um, interact yeah. with your babies. Talk with your babies. And... um you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money to right. take a few a few moments to sit with your child and listen. And um, when I have parent-teacher conferences coming up, I always uh, empower the parents like, here you are, you are the parent, this is your child, this is your product, so to speak. And, you know, make sure that you do, you know, A, B, C, and D so that, you know, you can raise this child to be, you know, a wonderful person, right? Even more so. So anyway, are, is there any lasting bit of information that you would like to add before we do well, our Well, you advice? did mention that you would like to speak with uh, some of your colleagues that are taking these uh, challenges and behaviors personally, but always, you know, on butcher paper or even laminate like, you know, a little paper and then just, you know, do the cue and then tip and then leave it on their desk or put it on their board and then every time they look at it because it's going to help them right right yeah this isn't about me quit taking it personally yes well thank you for that (laughs) oh you know what that i'm doing that tomorrow i'm doing that tomorrow (laughs) and you know what it'll save you know because teachers not only are we are no not only in education and elsewhere do we um, teach children to be emotionally, um, you know, developed. We also, as teachers, need to do the same thing. Even yeah. adults need to regulate their emotions or 
notice what emotion they're suffering because this is a people thing. It's not just students and kids, right? right? Exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you. Uh, I would love for you to, what was that? Thank you for having me and it was a pleasure. And anytime you want to um, hear back from me, I can check my schedule and we can chat. Yes, I would love that. Let your viewers know that um, if they have any specific questions or they want to hear more on something, um, that we can come together and make it happen. Yes. So um, that being said, thank you so much, Sylvia. We just learned so much in this time and we appreciate you and to our listeners. If you do have any questions or even concerns or, you know, just want to be heard, know that you can reach out to us at asktheteacherxyz at gmail.com. We thank you for being our listeners and have such a wonderful day. Thank you again. Bye-bye.